One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And uh, your old girl Court just woke up, so... What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be articulate tonight. <laughs> just kidding. I've been awake for a solid 30 minutes. I've got coffee. Meds have not kicked in, but you can look forward to that happening at the end of this episode when I get real chatty all of a sudden. You'll know. <laughs> you'll know the exact moment. <laughs> in, in the meantime... It's Sadie's day, luckily, so Sadie can take it from here, and I will just wait for the meds to kick in. That's right. Put your feet up, relax, and listen to this terrible tale. Who are you going to talk about today, my Sadie Ray? This is the murder of Mindy Morgenstern. Oh. In early September 2006, 22-year-old Mindy Morgenstern was getting ready for her last semester at Valley City State University in Valley City, North Dakota which is a small town two hours west of Fargo. Mm. Mindy was born April 29th, 1984 in Bogota, Colombia, but grew up in Salem, North Dakota with her parents, Larry and Eunice, and her three older siblings. Larry and Eunice. No. Mm-mm. When Mindy was just a baby, Larry and Eunice adopted her older sister, and when they learned that she had a biological sister who was also up for adoption, they brought Mindy home as well. They had always wanted a big family and were thrilled to keep the sisters together. Mindy was described as a tomboy farm girl who excelled at sports, especially basketball. She was raised in a religious home and her Christian faith was a very important part of who she was. Friends remembered staying the night with Mindy as teenagers. She would always wake them up bright and early on Sunday mornings to insist they come to church with her. After high school, she moved away for college. Mindy had a large group of friends that she saw regularly. She was loved by everyone and was described as outgoing, fun, caring, and compassionate. She was working as a waitress while going to school and lived in her own apartment nearby. Her friends had all been surprised when she moved off campus to live alone. She loved being around her friends, but she also had been recently diagnosed with MS. Oh, boy. And her doctors encouraged her to take good care of herself and get plenty of rest. She took their advice seriously and knew she would sleep better away from the college dorms. She was planning to get her degree in physical education and had plans to be a PE teacher and hoped to one day coach a basketball team of her own. She also longed to be a mother and had always been drawn to kids. She was also gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She would model on the side and just lovely, lovely person. Mm. Sounds like a lovely, lovely person. What a what a trend we're seeing in uh, mm. people who have been murdered on this podcast. Mm-hmm. On the night of September 13th, 2006, two of Mindy's friends, Tony and Danielle, were hanging out together at one of the local bars in town. The women would later explain that Tony's boyfriend didn't like Tony hanging out with Danielle. The two were known to get into trouble together. So when he called and asked Tony who she was hanging out with that night, she lied and said that she was with Danielle and Mindy. (laughs) It's like, I was always the Mindy in the group. I was the good Mm -hmm. friend that parents and people trusted. As long as I was there, then everything was fine, according to most parents. 
Little did they know they were right. (laughs) It was a very good kid. Mindy was known as the good friend. She was level-headed and didn't like to drink. Tony's boyfriend trusted Mindy to keep Tony out of trouble. But that night, the boyfriend was suspicious and asked to speak to Mindy, who wasn't with them. So Tony and Danielle rushed out of the bar and headed to Mindy's apartment so that she could talk to Tony's boyfriend, keeping Tony from getting caught in her lie. (laughs) Which is like such a thing that people do. Yep. Especially in your early 20s. On the way over, both Tony and Danielle tried to call Mindy but got no answer. When they arrived at the apartment complex, they saw that Mindy's car was in the parking lot, so they knew she was home. Danielle decided to stay in the car while Tony ran in to talk to Mindy. When she got to Mindy's door, Tony knocked, but Mindy didn't answer, so she decided to try the doorknob and found it was unlocked. When she opened the door, it was dark inside the apartment. She called out to her friend, but Mindy didn't respond. As Tony took a few steps inside, she bumped into something on the ground with her foot and was filled with horror to see her good friend lying there in a pool of her own blood. Oh, God. She said Mindy's eyes were open and she could see that Mindy's throat had been cut. Tony panicked and ran out to Danielle. The two went back inside, and after hearing the commotion, a neighbor came out of his apartment and checked for a pulse. He told them Mindy was gone, and they called 911 for help. When police arrived, the first thing they noticed was the strong smell of ammonia. When they examined Mindy's body, they saw she was lying next to an empty bottle of pine saw and had chemical burns on her face. Mindy was found fully clothed, her purse still over her shoulder. Her wallet and all of her money was still in her purse, and there was no sign of forced entry. What is happening? She was lying next to a knife handle and another broken knife. The blade to the handle would later be found embedded into Mindy's neck. No. No. They also found that a cloth belt had been tightly tied around her neck. An autopsy would show that Mindy had been stabbed and strangled to death. There was no sign of sexual assault. During the attack, Mindy had fought her killer and DNA was recovered from under her fingernails. Yes, you know what we say, everybody. Mm -hmm. Fight, fight, fight. 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 And a hair was found in the palm of her hand. Good girl. As authorities worked to piece together a timeline of Mindy's last day alive, they learned she was last seen leaving the library with one of her friends around 12.20 p.m. The walk from the library to her apartment only took about 10 minutes, so they guessed she had made it home by 12.30. Phone records showed Mindy missed a call from someone at 12.47, and one of her neighbors told police they could smell the strong odor of pine saw coming from her apartment starting around 1 p.m. What? A.m.? 1 p.m. P.m. Okay. Broad daylight. So 30 minutes later. Broad wow. daylight. I was going to yes. say, how are there somebody up at 1 a.m. smelling pine saw? That makes yeah. a lot more sense. 1 p.m. Have you smelled pine saw lately? That stuff is disgusting. <laughs> I have. I actually really I, I like it. Do you? Uh, oh, it is not what I thought it was going to be. I bought some recently. Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of, uh, what's the lemon one? Pledge. Maybe there's lemon, lemon pine saw. Lemon, I don't yeah. like the, I don't like the piney pine saw. Yeah. Anyway, don't guys anyway, do not be fooled. No. It is not a, a romantic, nostalgic smell. It's really gross. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. This led police to believe Mindy had been attacked and killed within 30 minutes of arriving home. Why? Why? As they looked into who might want to hurt Mindy, police learned just a few weeks before she was killed, Mindy had gone to the police station to report she was being followed by a man who lived in a camper across the street from the restaurant where she worked. The man frightened her enough that she filed a report about him and told her friends she was terrified he would abduct her. They also learned Mindy had an ex-boyfriend she'd been dating for more than two years when they broke up. According to Mindy's friends, she was terribly sad about the breakup and wanted to get back together, but her ex had moved on. They also learned that Mindy continued talking to her ex-boyfriend's father, Rodney. When they brought him in for questioning, he explained that at first they talked often because Mindy was so sad about the breakup, but eventually a friendship formed. He would go out of his way to visit Mindy and take her to lunch and even gave her money on a few occasions. When his wife found out how often the two were talking, she told him to stop, but he didn't. Mm. They also found voicemails Rodney left on Mindy's phone after she died, saying how much he loved and missed her. Oh, boy. 
Both Rodney and his son willingly gave DNA samples to police for testing, and they also had what seemed to be solid alibis. Police also questioned Mindy's neighbor, Robert Linz, who came into her apartment to check her pulse after Tony had discovered her body. Those on the scene couldn't help but notice his hands and arms had been covered in scratches on the day Mindy was killed, and he seemed very calm for someone who had just learned his neighbor had been murdered. During his interview, Linz told police that he knew Mindy, but only in passing, and when he went into her apartment to help, he decided to check her pulse with the back of his hand rather than his fingers because he had a criminal record in Southern California and didn't want to leave any confusing evidence behind at the scene. Oh, man, I just can't help but feel a little bad for the people who come and just go across the hallway to check on their neighbor and they could go to prison. Right? Wrong place at the wrong time. Yes. I mean, I don't know, obviously, who did this. I have no idea, but that shit stresses me out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Are you going to take us there? Are you going to take me on a terrible trip down false imprisonment? highway Sadie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We will uh, we will no. find out. I think they have the guy, but we'll I don't know. This one's a little murky for me. You son of a bitch. It's not like super murky, but it's a little bit murky. Mm-hmm. When he was asked about the cuts and scratches on his hands, Linz explained that he worked for a steel mill. The sharp metal cut him up as he handled it. When detectives took a closer look, they could see fresh cuts alongside healed ones. Linz told them he'd been at work the day Mindy was killed, but authorities took a sample of his DNA to rule him out as a suspect just to be safe. Oof. What year is this again? 2006. Okay. So we're not in the 80s at least. Right. Still. Yeah, not in the early 90s, but still sort of early in the yeah. DNA technology. It wouldn't take long for authorities to get the DNA results back from the crime scene. They were surprised to learn that there were multiple profiles found on items tested. For example, the DNA under Mindy's fingernails did not match the DNA found on the handle of the knives, and two separate profiles were found Ooh. on the knives. Are there multiple people? <laughs> Sounds like it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why? This girl, why? Right? They were able to rule out all of the suspects they had so far, but the lab technician who ran the tests said they did find a match from North Dakota's DNA database. The bad news was the DNA was from a rape kit collected from a woman who had been brutally assaulted in Fargo, Mm. and her case was still unsolved. Authorities didn't know who the DNA belonged to. Detectives in charge of Mindy's homicide went to Fargo to interview the victim, hoping she would be able to give them some information to go on to help solve both cases. Trigger warning for rape, y'all. She told them she had been out at a bar with friends the night she was attacked. After having a few drinks, she got up to go to the bathroom and then blacked out. And the next thing she remembered was being in a strange house, Mm-mm. lying face down on a mattress. Mm-mm. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. A man was on top of her and she realized she was being raped. Oh my God. After the attack was over, the man let her go. She found herself in an apartment building and managed to get one of the people living there to call 911 for help. Uh, Awful. Awful. It was, and she didn't have shoes on and she didn't have her purse or her phone and her clothes were all in disarray. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like she kind of, he kind of let her go. She kind of escaped. She, like, as soon as she could, she ran out of there. He told her that she had called, he had called her a cab and um, she didn't believe him. That is terrifying. So scary. She described her attacker as a black man over six feet tall and very muscular. Police took this information and started to look at people Mindy might know that matched this description. Looking back through their notes, they found a tip that could be helpful. On the night Mindy's body was found, word spread very quickly through the small town and people started to gather at Mindy's apartment building. One of Mindy's friends told police they had been in the apartment building soon after she was found, standing with some other people who knew her. Everyone was upset, talking and crying, but this friend noticed one of Mindy's neighbors leaving his apartment with a basket of laundry. She said he walked nonchalantly past the crowd, not even glancing up at the scene happening right in front of his apartment door. Mm. She found this to be very odd. 
odd enough to report it to police. The neighbor was identified as 35-year-old Mo Gibbs, who lived with his pregnant wife and worked as a correctional officer at the local jail. He just so happened to be a black man, tall and muscular. I'm so scared. I'm scared. I don't want to. Uh, why? Did, I, why? No, I, we went back and forth a lot on this case. <sighs> Those who worked at the police station knew Mo well and considered him a co-worker. They didn't think he would be the one responsible for Mindy's murder, but decided to ask him to come in for questioning. He told detectives he knew Mindy, but they weren't friends, just friendly. When asked if he'd ever been inside her apartment, he said he had, but only once, to help her bring in a heavy basket full of laundry. Police asked to see his hands and arms and didn't notice any scratches or marks that indicated he'd been in a fight. He said he'd mostly been home with his stepdaughter the day Mindy was killed, but said he did leave around 11.30 a.m. to have lunch with his wife. He came back to his apartment around 12.45 and noticed the smell of pine saw. He said he left again about 15 to 20 minutes later to bring a truckload of items over to the house where they were getting ready to move. He willingly gave police a sample of his DNA for comparison, and they let him go. Mm. Just a few days later, the lab came back with the DNA results. They told detectives that Gibbs' DNA was a match mm. for both Mindy's murder and for the rape of the woman in Fargo. Mm-hmm. Detectives said they were stunned and asked the lab to run the results again just to be sure. They did and said it was still a positive match. Detectives asked Gibbs to come in again to clear up a few details. He agreed, and when he showed up at the station this time, he had his 15-month-old stepdaughter with him. Police were surprised by this, and once they got her out of the room, they let Gibbs know the DNA found under Mindy's nails matched his DNA and that he had also been identified as the man who raped the woman in Fargo. And so part of me, the 15-month-old coming to the police station, it's either he is so innocent and knows these guys that it was just like, oh, yeah, I'll stop by for a friendly visit with my kid. Totally. Or it was like, they won't arrest me if I bring my kid with me. Right. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I find that very odd. But still, he's got a, you know, he, uh, yeah. Right? I mean, Or like, I'm a family man. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gibbs adamantly denied both crimes and told police he had some one-night stands in Fargo, but had never assaulted anyone. With the evidence against him, Mo Gibbs was put under arrest for the murder of Mindy Morgenstern. It's hard to refute DNA, though. It's not like... Totally. So Mo Gibbs didn't have an easy childhood and became a part of a gang in his early teen years. In order to leave that life behind, he joined the military and served a few years before being discharged. Was he in that gang, the murder as the identity? What was it called? (laughs) The uh, white kid garage gang from Texas. Yeah, what was that called? Murder. Oh, man. Dang it. Wasn't like it wasn't murder underground, but it was something. Yes, it was something like murder underground. Was he in murder underground? (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, the The Dateline episode, like Kid Garage Gang from Texas. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) there was a Dateline episode, and Keith Morrison was the host of this episode, and he was like, he was part of the Crips gang. And any time a white old white man Mm -hmm. says that a black man was in the Crips, it sounds so fake. Sounds so. But I just can't. I couldn't include that part of the detail because I was like, I don't know, Keith. Yeah, at this point, it's like adults saying like gangbangers or yeah, marijuana cigarette or something. Yeah, it's like (laughs) yeah, 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 okay, they're in the Uh Crips. Okay, old man. I know. Could be true. In the gang, the Bloods. And you're like, exactly. Right. (laughs) The Bloods gang. (laughs) The Bloods gang. Oh, God. Uh, So, anyway, it doesn't really matter. He probably was in a gang. I'm just, I can't, I can't take Keith's word for the Crips part. So, after getting out of the Navy, he went to college and played college basketball. After he graduated, he became a prison guard and usually worked the night shift. He met his wife soon after she learned she was pregnant and raised her daughter as his own. They went on to get married and decided to have another child together. When he got arrested, she was seven months pregnant, very Mm -hmm. heavily pregnant. Once the news broke that he had been arrested, five women Mm -hmm. came forward and told police he had sexually assaulted them while they were in jail. 
Which is a problem. Yeah, that's a huge problem. This guy, I'm feeling a little I, less scared about this case. Yeah. A less scared. Yes. It's just, it's funny that, I mean, it's not funny, it's fucking horrible that I trust her system so little that I'm just immediately scared now. Like, I hope, mm-hmm. I really hope he did it. Like, it just, right. it doesn't even matter. They're like, and they found him holding the knife and his face was covered in blood. And I'm still mm-hmm. going to be like, well, oh, I really hope they got the right yeah. guy. Right? <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, I don't feel, I do not feel sorry for this guy at all. No. Like I said, I'm not, I hope I don't come off as sympathetic towards him. Uh, he's not a good guy. Yeah. I just, I also don't think this, the evidence is real strong. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I said. Oh. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals, which something like this is something that I have very much been looking for this summer because I am so busy, I think I might explode. Mm -hmm. Same, same. Too busy with summer plans to cook? Yes. Yes, we are. But want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. Hell yes, hell yes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warm weather or go back to work. (laughs) Yeah, just go straight back to work and then work until you die. But you love your job, so you can't help it. You just want to work all the time, but it's also really intense because you can't eat food. Not with not with factor. Not with factor. Nope. Nope. They take that problem out of your hands. <laughs> they offer delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, from keto to calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, that's for me, and protein plus also for me. Protein, yes. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can Add a protein to select vegan plus veggie meals each week for my wife. She's not a vegetarian. I am. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. That's amazing. Environment, environment, environment. So head to factormeals.com slash theywill50 and use code theywill50 to get 550% off. 50% off, y'all. That's code theywill50 at factormeals.com slash theywill50 to get 50% off. Authorities also learned that Gibbs had a criminal history that went undetected because he had changed his name when he moved to North Dakota. You little minx. Mm-hmm. Gibbs was born Glenn Dale Morgan Jr. And while serving in the Navy, Gibbs had been involved in a drive-by shooting and spent more than five years in prison for these crimes. Murder underground, man. They are yep. nasty business. Mm-hmm. When he applied to be a CO, no criminal history had shown up in his background check under his new name, so he had been hired. You know what? That seems like a real convenient way to get out of uh, felony charges. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be some sort of safeguard against that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a hilarious thing. What a goof. What a goof he pulled. You shouldn't be allowed to legally change your name if you've shot somebody. Right. Yeah. And it also should be a record. There should be a record of you legally changing your name. Well, if that's just the one big loophole that no one's ever closed, that's very funny. You're like, I just don't want anyone to know that I've uh, raped and murdered a bunch of people. I'm just going to legally change my name and move on with my life. Mm, Relaxing. Mm, Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So Mo Gibbs went to trial for the first-degree murder of Mindy Morgenstern on June 18, 2007. The trial would last four weeks. The prosecution laid out their evidence against Gibbs, but the judge wouldn't allow the women who claimed Gibbs assaulted them in jail testify, and he also wouldn't allow any evidence from the Fargo rape case to be presented either. 
That'll never make sense to me. I know. Prosecutors claimed the motive for Mindy's murder was sexual, but that Gibbs hadn't been able to rape Mindy before he killed her. But the judge wouldn't allow them to present that either because of lack of evidence. Mm. They had his cellmate testify that Gibbs bragged to him about killing Mindy while waiting for his trial to start. And they had experts testify about the DNA found under Mindy's fingernails and how it matched Gibbs. The defense testified that there really wasn't much evidence against Gibbs and even got the expert to admit that the DNA under Mindy's nails was mixed and only some of it belonged to Gibbs. It was a small percentage and they admitted it was possible it could have been touched DNA since Gibbs admitted to having been in a Mindy's apartment a week before she was killed. Mm. Mm. They also said that it was possible because they lived in the same apartment building and were touching the same door handles. Right. Like it was possible right. that it could be gathered. That yeah, way. touch DNA is tricky. Mm-hmm. They also pointed out to the jury that police had searched Gibbs's apartment and vehicle and there was no evidence found to connect him to the murder. No bloody clothes or blood belonging to Mindy was ever found. And there should have been plenty. Yeah. Her murder was gruesome. Yeah. And he didn't have any scratches or bruises. Right. Gibbs in-laws testified that they saw Gibbs around 2 p.m. So within an hour and a half after they think the murder mm-hmm. happened that day when he brought boxes to their home from his apartment. They said he was with their granddaughter, who he was watching all day, and he seemed completely normal. He didn't seem upset or agitated, and they didn't see any sign that he had just been in a physical fight with someone. The defense told the jury that other male DNA belonging to two different people had been found on the murder weapons, but didn't belong to Gibbs, and had never been connected to anyone else. The hair found in Mindy's hand was tested, and didn't belong to Gibbs either. Hmm. They also told the jury that Gibbs's cellmate had a long history of giving the police false information that later proved to be untrue. Hmm. Yeah, no fingerprints of his were yep. in this, the apartment. Just not a whole lot of evidence. Mm-hmm. So the jury deliberated four days before coming back to tell the judge they were deadlocked. I would be too. I would be too. Mm-hmm. The jury was split. Six thought he was guilty, and six thought he was innocent. Damn. Yeah, like super deadlocked. There was no way for them to come to an agreement, so the trial ended in a hung jury. And honestly, the only way, I was like, I really don't know about this until you learn about the sexual assaults yes. on other women. Yep. So if the jury wasn't presented that information, I would absolutely agree with them that there is not enough conclusive evidence yep. to convict him, whether yeah. he did it or not. Yeah, I even with the sexual assaults, I mean, the good news is he does deserve to be in jail forever for that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the bad news is then somebody else is out there who actually killed her and then exactly they are right. still out there. And that's not cool. Right. Well, and the fact that the police didn't look into or maybe they did, but they sure didn't seem to. Once they got the match with Gibbs, yeah. they stopped trying to connect. Like whose DNA is on that, those knives? Yep. That's surprising. And also, I don't know, it feels a little gruesome to talk about, but they were stabbing her hard enough that they broke two knives. Yeah. They most likely cut themselves and there was no blood evidence yep. collected, DNA evidence of somebody who might have bled at the scene that wasn't Mindy. Also him not having any cuts or bruises, is mm-hmm. that, that's always a big one for me. There's just mm-hmm. no way to get out of something like that without some sort of evidence of an attack on your back at you. Because she right. fought. Yeah. Right. Even if she's small and you're big, you're still like skin is skin, right? It's mm-hmm. not. Absolutely. It's going to break. It's going to bleed. Yeah. And I have a lot of questions in general. They did pour the pine saw on her body to cover up potential evidence. So there could have been that a lot was destroyed by doing that. Yeah. Um, but there was no like blood trail leading out of the apartment. <laughs> you know, right. That, that right. surprises me. Uh, I didn't hear anything about bloody footprints Mm -hmm. or you just would think that there would be more. Yes. There. Especially because the murder was very quickly quickly, and it was a super hands on. And so that's the other thing. Like, did it really happen that fast? Right. Did the killer stay in the apartment longer and clean themselves up somehow? But there there would be evidence of that. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not real sure about this, how it plays out for Mo Gibbs. Yep. Was he a bad guy? Yeah. Yes. Did he kill Mindy? I do not know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like he would have smelled like pine salt. 
with his in-laws. Exactly. His baby would have smelled like pine salt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where was the baby? Yeah. He he had lunch with his wife, which she agreed to. She ended up divorcing him. Uh, Did not trust him. Good. Yeah. Right. Which is good. I mean, she needs to probably get away from him. Um, But she did say yes. He he did come and have lunch with me with our daughter at around eleven thirty. You know, it's just yeah. It's it would be a very short period of time, and then to like get done brutally murdering somebody, running back to your apartment, getting your daughter, packing your truck, driving to your in laws. Yep. You know, all within the span of an hour. It's, well, and if seems like a lot. Neighbors were aware enough to smell the pine saw. They would have been aware enough to hear a baby crying by itself. Right. And things too, you know? Right. Well, and the fact that I didn't hear anything about reports of a, nobody heard a struggle, mm. maybe her next door. Gibbs didn't live like right next door to her. He, I think he even lived on the floor below. Uh-huh. But so maybe her direct neighbors were gone because it was in the middle of the day. I don't really know. But there's got to be something else here. Yeah. Mr. Police Detective. Totally. Like the timeline is wrong, but it wasn't because she was with her friends at the library. Right. Right. Leading up to. So they knew Mm -hmm. she was. What time did she get found? Not until late that night. Uh But the reason they think she was killed in such a short time was because neighbors said they started to smell pine salt around 1 p.m. Got it. But otherwise, there isn't any evidence that that's when she died okay that makes sense so she was it i think it was like eight hours or longer that she got home and then was found got it but he was alibied within like an hour of her probable right exactly so he by 2 p.m he had a window of like from 12 45 to 2 p.m where he was alone with his daughter only and they that's when they think he killed her right and so again, it just seems sort of silly, a little convenient, yes, for the police to decide that's exactly when she was killed. And if you're and somebody only- who's like a, a professional criminal, a professional attacker of women, it seems highly unlikely that you're going to take your hour and fifteen minute break to do so. You know, mm-hmm. you know what it. I mean, you're going to be better at it than other people but at the same time you're also going to know how long it takes to attack somebody and right probably not i don't know i don't know yeah i don't either unless you know unless he saw her and was like i'll just go up to her apartment i'll follow her maybe we can have sex yeah she said no fought him he flew into a rage and murdered her and who knows Mm -hmm. but either way i just if i was on the jury i would agree i would not be able to come up with a conclusion. No, there's got to be more information that we don't have access to as the human public. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it's also a tiny, little tiny North Dakota town. So I was watching the, say, telling Sadie, I was watching the, the second Candy, Candy Montgomery series, the one on HBO. I watched the one on Hulu or wherever. Um, but we're watching the second one. We watched the one with Jessica Biel. Now we're watching the one with Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> the Elizabeth Olsen one is superior, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. um, thinking about that, something like that happening in a town like that, you know, murder and being one of those police detectives. And I'm like, A, are they even trained? Like, mm-hmm. our friend went to police academy in Eureka, California when we lived there. And I was like, I cannot imagine that like, he got trained because he went for such a short amount of time. It was like, I cannot imagine he had any kind of like forensic training. Right. You know, as a detective mm-hmm. or as a police officer, they're not even detectives as a police officer in a small town walking in and just being like, Oh my God, it's been so long since I learned about this. Like what do I right. do? You know, right. totally. So totally. Yes. The other part of the small town mentality is everybody knew Mindy. The police knew Mindy, you know, just everybody knew everybody. And so the police officer admitted when he got there and realized that Mindy had been murdered. It was just mm-hmm. all shocking and un- unexpected. Uh, so I think that that plays into a lot of this. Yeah. And people are scared and they want to wrap it up. And of course, that, it all got wrapped up really quickly. I don't blame them. No. Nope. So just four months later, Gibbs was tried again for Mindy's murder. This time, prosecutors brought multiple DNA experts in to testify about the samples found under Mindy's fingernails. 
They clarified that the amount found was too much to be something she could have just picked up by touching something Gibbs had also touched. Mm. They testified that the amount of DNA found under her nails had to have come from, quote, vigorous physical contact. Hmm. And so it's, again, it's sort of like, okay. So they realized that that was their weak spot. And so they found experts willing to testify that it was more DNA than the first expert testified. (laughs) After hearing all the evidence, once again, the jury took four days to deliberate. Just when Mindy's family started to believe the trial would end the same way as the last, the jury announced they reached a verdict. This time, they found Mo Gibbs guilty of first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Mm -hmm. During his sentencing hearing, Gibbs told the court he was sorry for what happened to Mindy, but that he was innocent. He hadn't killed her. After the murder trial, Gibbs went on to plead guilty to the five sexual assault charges filed against him. And he also pleaded guilty to the rape case against him in Fargo. Mindy's family believes Gibbs is responsible for Mindy's murder, and they say they forgive him. They hope one day he will tell them the truth about what happened that day. Yep. And that is the terrible story of the murder of Mindy Morgenstern. (sighs) Well, I'm just going to need to go to North Dakota now to, to... ask around to get more information because I do not feel satisfied by the amount of information I have access to in this case. I know. I know. Yep, there he's been appealing his conviction. I read a lot of the appeals documents and they listed out the evidence against him and there's just not what I read was what I reported on today and I don't yeah. know, like what the they need to go back and retest the DNA on yeah. the knives. Yeah, if it's just a trace amount then maybe we need to look it needs to be that could be included, but there needs to be other evidence yeah. to support the fact the murder or whatever. Yes, yes, yeah. It, obviously, it's supposed to be able to rule people out, right? Mm-hmm. Not rule them in, which I don't think we do that often. But right, yeah, I agree. It's like it has to be a scratch an amount, <laughs> right? Touch an amount. Right. Yeah, and like yeah, what is it needs a to be like amount, a, though? Like, is it could it be a grazing scratch or does it have to be a digging scratch? Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to be a police detective. I just want to be an armchair detective. Right. I, know. <laughs> I just want to judge people from from over here, right, with no experience or a true knowledge of anything. <laughs> yes, I can see the deer in my yard from my Ooh. from where I'm judging these cases. Mm-hmm. That's just right where I want to be. I don't want right. to be in an actual detective's office. I don't no. want to be on a crime scene. No, but for real, you. yeah, it's uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's an imperfect system. We haven't really figured, mm-hmm. it, figured out how to mm-hmm. do this very well because we're human beings, but right. that aside, yeah, that sucks. I, I, don't, I don't even really know what to say about it other than it no. sucks and it's not not everything is a neat, as neat and tidy as I need it to be to feel feel good especially this case. And like I said, good news is the man deserves to be in jail. Yes. Would he have been put in jail for the sexual assaults and rapes? Probably not. So Mm -hmm. that's one little nice thing. (laughs) But, But if he did not kill her, somebody did and they are not Mm -hmm. in jail and that is not cool. That's really not cool. And they probably have hurt a lot of other people. So while one person is hurting less people, another person is probably hurting a lot of people because you don't strangle and stab a woman to death in broad daylight if you're not a dangerous person. I completely agree. Cool. Well, uh, there you go. BRB gonna be in North Dakota for the next couple of weeks talking to people, uh, Mm -hmm. trying to get to the bottom of this, but... In the meantime, thank you for telling that terrible story, that mind-bendingly terrible and so super sad story. You're welcome. (sighs) Should we just jump into the name time? (laughs) Yes, I think we need to jump right on into name time because name time is the only thing that makes sense in this chaotic universe. (laughs) We've got aliens. We've got... Pee Wee Herman dying, which I can't talk no, about because I'll cry. Sorry, Courtney, don't cry. I'm so sorry. My my hero on no. the same day as Angus Cloud. What <laughs> is that kind of day, you guys? What day is that like for it. me? No, 
There are also like 20 bats found dead in Lake Michigan by my house over the weekend. So cool. Super, super relaxing um, life right now. Everything is so fine. (laughs) They think the bats died because we had these crazy deluge, crazy storms, which isn't that much more of a comforting thought because the storms were apocalyptic feeling. But uh, yeah, they think that they because it's their migration period. So they think that they just got caught in these like downpours, electrical storms and didn't make it. But what the fuck, Bat right? Beach? No. What, you guys? And then Pee Wee and Sinead and uh-uh. Angus Cloud. Uh-uh. It's uh, been a weird week, and the only thing that rings true in the chaos is name time. How about how we do it? Oh, oh. stop it. Master of puppies, dog training. <laughs> Best. So Best. <laughs> oh, by the way. The other day after I went with our bestie, Sarah, and and my wife to see La Tigra and it was amazing. And then we went to a bar after and uh, Metallica's Nothing Else Matters came on. When's the last time you heard Nothing Else Matters and realized that you know every single word and every single drum solo and every every inch of that song is still baked into your DNA. And if it comes on and you're wearing a... Head to toe pink sparkle outfit because <laughs> you just went to see La Tigra. You will sing and perform the entirety of Nothing Else Matters. Yeah, you will. Yeah, they played the whole album, but that song in particular, holy shit, man. Oh, and then you remember, like, I always think that I'm not a super nerdy, nerdy person. I don't think of myself as like a, an actual nerd. You know, I'm definitely a nerd, mm-hmm. but I'm not like a nerd nerd then I was like oh yeah I know this song because I used to play it on repeat while playing Tetris in the 90s <laughs> that's pretty fucking nerdy it's also what we would play when we were doing our Ouija boarding <laughs> yes Ouija boarding and Tetris playing so turns out I am a nerd ta-da surprise <laughs> surprise self there's also doggy style grooming we have a friend who has a dog food company called doggy style so that is a t- hot trend that's sweeping the world because she lives in Mexico um, Gainel Pinkert. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. Cortland Jarvis. Give me a break. Gainel Pinkert and Cortland Jarvis. <laughs> In Houston, there's a market called Fang Hung Food Mart. Uh, uh-huh. God. Fang Hung. Fang Hung. <laughs> Thang is funny. No matter what, it's always funny. It's not something that comes up as, as often as it did in the early 2000s, but Thang is funny. <laughs> oh, some more things that kids said or mispronounced. When my daughter was a toddler, she would say, Benext, a combination of beside and next to. No. Um, teenage Mutant Engine Turtles. <laughs> Peter Pan was Pan Pan. Captain Hook was Captain Hook. <laughs> uh, Hanny Nook instead of Handy Dandy Notebook. What? Oh my God. Oh, from Blue's Clues. I was like, Why are you saying Handy, handy Dandy? Notebook? I was like, Handy Nook? What? Who's been talking about? Yeah, that makes sense. Handy yes. Nook. Yes. So cute. There's a hoo hoo hollow in West Virginia. Of course there is. <laughs> we all knew that in our bones right. without even being told. Yes. Uh, Cameron Quarter went by Cam. Cameron Quarter. Went by Cameron Cameron Quarter. Cameron Camcorder. Oh, there is a camcorder. There is a camcorder. <sighs> I'm speechless. I'm speechless. That that one put put that at the top of the pyramid. Oh, and somebody's husband had a dog named Tripod. I have met so many tripods, <laughs> and yes. I love every tripod. I love a three legged animal. I, I do love too. them. There's a town in Ontario called Port Hope that has a river called Ganaraska River. And every year they have a float down it called Float Your Fanny Down the Ganny. Uh, want to do it? I want to oh, float my It's to be a homemade Ganny. boat raft or whatever. Oh, my God. Yep, yes. You have to try to Sign make it down the river. I love when adults do kid stuff. I love it. Me too. Oh, my God. Um Someone's great great aunt's name was Winifred Rainbow. Get out of here. I right swear. Now. I swear. So mad about it. I That's am a, too. It's horrible. And that same person's daughter mispronounced elbow, calling it a nebo. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
my God. I watched a TikTok and, the, and somebody was like, our kids still bored on 9-11, which is a hilarious thing. I'm like that they're like, our kids still born on 9-11. And I imagine that parents really try their damnedest to make yeah. sure their kids aren't born on 9-11. I never really thought about that, but that's really funny. And this girl, <laughs> she was like, yes, yes. Uh, in fact, I was. And you're never in a million years going to guess what my name is. <laughs> Do you want to guess what this poor girl is? <laughs> oh, I'm scared. No, I don't. Freedom. Victory. I don't, I don't know. Other I'm direction. Scared. Head in the other direction. Um, uh, I don't know. Her name I don't know. is Isis Snowden. You <laughs> are kidding me. No. 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 I died. Oh. Isis my God. Snowden was born oh. on 9-11. Yep. Oh my God. It's too, uh, I, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know. She's like, you're never going to guess it. A billion dollars. No, like, I wouldn't have. Surely it's, I thought the same thing. Eagle. No. Isis mm -hmm. Snowden. It's so funny. That's so funny. That's amazing. Amazing. Unique Cummings. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um. Oh, so there's a Detroit Tigers minor league baseball player named Dylan Dingler, and some our, one of our <laughs> listeners' fathers is obsessed with it with his oh. name and is rooting so hard for him to be a major leaguer so he can have a Dingler jersey. Oh, <laughs> he also lives near where I live, so she's like, keep an oh, eye out that's for so cute. A man in a Dingler jersey, cute. I'm rooting for Dingler hard now Me too. Jathan, Jathan, T-H-A-N, Jathan, which, okay. oh my God, nothing makes me happier than a name that is slightly like off like off. that. Yes. Jathan Coochie. <laughs> yep. Yep. Amantha. Shut like that. I love that shit. Yes. God, I love it. That's Jathan Coochie. Mm-hmm. Mm, our darling, darling Ivan, Quinone, Qu oh God, Quinones, Quinones, Ivan, I'm saying it right, right? Quinones, Ivan, uh, El Picasso, our mm -hmm. like uh, week two listener from the yes. very beginning has donated his clothing line to giveaways in the past. Love you, Ivan. The, his entire family is I, IQ, or they're all of their initials. Mm. Mom is Irma. He's Ivan, brother Isaac. Brother's oldest son, Elijah. His daughter, Isabella. Youngest son, Israel. All IQ. Love it. Oh. Love it. Bob Hurlbut. There's a Pancake <laughs> Street in Wilmot, New Hampshire. Wilmot, New Hampshire. Oh, Pancake Street. There's Snappy Jacobs, who's a realtor. Oh, my God. There's an author named Paige Turner. Wow. I swear to God. What? <laughs> and let's just not forget, let's never forget that there is a Cam Corder. Corder. That's unbelievable. Unfreaking believable. You guys, um, it is, I am running late for work. So mm -hmm. uh, shouty howdies are going to have to wait this week. But if you want to get a shouty howdy next week, I'll do extra. And you can sign up for a Patreon for as little as $5 a month. You get a whole, whole, whole other show over there. There's almost as many episodes as there are here, and I will do extra shouty outies next week. I will not oversleep my alarm. I will come <laughs> lubricated. I will come hydrated is what I meant to say. I will come having been fed, stretched, ready to go. It's going to well, get let me, real uh, weird. What? Right. No, just that I was like, hey, Courtney. Um, I know we, we know I'm an early riser. She's always slept in. So yeah. this is not like, it's not uncommon for Courtney to be a little sleepy any, right? No, but I'm usually you're like up and you'll, but you're wake up and oh shit. Okay. I'm coming. Yeah. But I didn't hear from her. So I called her. She didn't answer, which is not common at all. No. And I was like, fuck. So I, I texted Laura. Hey, Courtney sleeping? Just want to make sure you guys are okay. No word. No. Nope. I was, I started checking Instagram. When was the last time Courtney was on Instagram? Because you can see in your messages, right? Oh, seven hours ago. Okay, well, that's plenty of time for her to be murdered. And I was just getting, like, starting to really build up the panic a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then 
Courtney called and I was like, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you want to make sure your people love you, just like make them wait about half an hour when they're normally very timely and like responsive. Available. Make yeah. sure that they know how much they love you by do- just yeah, emotionally them manipulate them. <laughs> <laughs> make them think you're dead. Like, Who's missing now, baby? Yeah, God. No, I was just sleepy, sleeping. And in my dream, I was Good. like, I, I was like, I feel like it's probably really close to eight, if not eight. I feel, you know, I just <laughs> I instinctively that. knew that I had well right. overslept. And normally on a recording day, I get up. A solid hour, but I went to bed a little uh, bit late last night. I had to get my other episode, my other podcast episode out, but not that late. Anyway, yeah. I also like I really was exhausting myself recently. Last mm-hmm. week I was very much verging on burnout, and uh, this weekend I let myself relax, and I'm just remaining in relaxation for a while because I, I needed it mm-hmm. and I need to get back on track. But somebody took it a little bit too far this morning so <laughs> it apologies works apologies out. patreon supporters apologies for making you think i'm dead but i'm not and <laughs> next week you're all gonna get it it's gonna come gonna at you it. real hard um but in the meantime if you want to spend more time with us you can find us on instagram facebook YouTube and TikTok at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can always email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us. Please yes, do please it. please do it. Or else you will get framed for murder. <laughs> um, thank you, AJ Perkins, for our music. Yes, thank you so much. And remember. I wrote one down this week. You can't say the wrong thing to the right person, which is so true. It's mm-hmm. so true. If you can't, if somebody doesn't like what you're saying, you can't. They don't accept you. They are not your person. They are not the right person. Period. The end of the story. That's it. That's it. That's, That's all you all. need to know about don't it. Ask me, don't ask me. Get, more get off my back about it. <laughs> I'll frame you for murder. We love you guys so much. We do so much. Thanks for being here. And we are going to see you very soon. Very, very soon. We'll see you then. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.